Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we are going to talk about um, passion projects or side projects or things that we work on that aren't directly related to um, our core business or our, our job, if you are sort of work in a more traditional environment. Um, if, you, if you might remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about rest and about taking breaks and about the benefit that that can have um, on you. That is sort of the, the passive version of rest. Um, in many ways, passion projects or side projects are the active version of rest. Um, this is the, you're doing something, you're not doing nothing, you're working, but you're working on something in a very different way and with a very different purpose. And uh, this is something that both uh, Marco and I worked on this summer. We had little side projects or passion projects that we worked on. Um, and I think we both saw some benefit, learned some lessons, and it was an encouraging experience for me. And so this is something that I wanted to bring up um, as a topic because I think it is something that is very easy as you become more and more professional in your career that you may start to do less and less. Um, if you learn to program in an academic environment, you probably spent the first few years of your development making projects that kind of don't go anywhere, aren't particularly useful. You know, your teacher will say, um, I want you to make an app that does something like this. You know, you need to, uh, you know, solve, play, let's play, let's play tic-tac-toe, or we're going to solve, uh, you know, to dis display the game of life and have it display or what, like whatever it is, like you have all these kind of toy examples, or if you read any programming book, you kind of have these examples that you like, Hey, we're going to build a inventory management system when you're like working on how to build a web server. And you kind of go have this process where you, s you start with a new project, you build something, and then you kind of, you know, put it on the shelf or throw it away. And the purpose of that. Um, and that in, in that context is to learn, is to, you know, develop a new skill. But I think it is easy once we become professionals, you know, real pros, where we go to work or we have, a, you know, something that we're doing for our living, is to kind of forget the benefit of that experience, to forget the fact that there's a reason when you're learning something, that's how you, the best kind of learning I've ever done is through practical examples of working on a problem um, and you know, developing something from scratch. And I think the a great way to kind of continue that as a professional is to have side projects or passion projects or things that you work on. Um, and ideally, even these are projects where you are intentionally putting them into a place that is tangential to what you're working on. Like, it wouldn't be great. It's, like, it's not really a passion project. If I start making a some other kind of fitness tracking app, um, that's, that's my business. That's what I do. So it, it might be useful, but really it's kind of like building a prototype for a potential product. Um, I think a side project and something is really best if it's in something tangential to what you're doing, where you might learn some skills that you can reapply, which I think is something I'll get it to as a, as one of the benefits, but it's not necessarily the primary goal. Um, cause I think really doing this type of work has two, maybe three great benefits. And I think the first one is you can learn new skills. Um, just try a new framework, try a new language, try a new platform, um, try something that is different than what you normally have to do, and you will develop the skills needed to do that in the first place. Um, two, you can practice the basics. Um, you know, there are certain fundamental things that we can start to take for granted you know, that you have to set up that if you do file new project, you 
sort of start, start to use. And you, it lets you get out of any kind of groove that you may be stuck in um, with your existing project, especially if you just like have one big app that you work on all the time. There may be a certain way that you're just used to doing things. But if you start fresh, you may see, see those basic things differently. But even there, even if you do it the same way, there's just something good about practicing, like getting code into Xcode that you kind of have to start from scratch and go through that process. And that's just a good, I think, a good exercise in the same way that like once you know how to run, if you want to stay fit, you can't just say like, well, I know how to run. I've I've been doing it since I was two. Um, You have to practice it. You have to actually go through the motions if you want to stay fit and uh, capable with that action. So in the same way that development you've got to actually you know sit down in xcode and put things out and so it's just a great opportunity for that Um, and then thirdly it's just a great way to have some variety like it can be easy to get kind of stuck into um, a place where you get kind of bored or you're kind of you you hit you hit it hit a dead end creatively um, and there is something fun about solving an interesting problem like something like the i love the best passion projects are the ones that kind of get stuck in your head and you start thinking about funny little solutions or creative options or like, huh, I wonder if I could do this or I wonder if I could do that. Um, you have these ideas that you can then explore and it stimulates you creatively. Like in the way we were talking about when you take a break, sometimes just doing nothing can sort of get, get re- reset your, your framework and help you to be creative again. Sometimes just making something can also be creative um, and a useful thing. Yeah, and you know, and you know, you mentioned earlier that like it shouldn't be something that is kind of tied to your primary business. This is a trap that I fall into very frequently, <laughs> which is like I'll make some kind of side project that actually solves a need that I have or that I think might actually be like a good market, um, and it's no longer a side project. Then 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 it's just a project. Then then it's just another app I have to maintain as, as part of my business. Um, there is, I think, a, a happy medium though, which is what you mentioned, which is taking something that you know how to do and doing that on a different platform. Like this is kind of what I did with forecast, you know, forecast is it's you know, for, so I have overcast, the podcast player forecast is basically a podcast encoder that is directly related to overcast. Obviously like, you know, that is, that is like, you know, audio related and, and actually shares some code with overcast for some of the processing stuff. But it was for the Mac, first of all, which is, you know, I don't really do much on the Mac. Uh, and so I, and I really don't know much about Mac programming. So to do not only a Mac app, but to do a non-trivial Mac app where it has like, you know, multiple document windows and everything like that was actually a huge learning experience for me. Um, and it was different enough from overcast in, in a lot of large ways that the small ways that it was the same, which is like, it's related in audio and stuff. I, I don't, I think that kind of didn't count. The downside though, is that I did make it a product basically <laughs> like it's free, but it's still a product I have to maintain. Like, you know, like this this summer, I have never seen Mojave running. I have never tried to run Forecast on Mojave. I have no idea if it works. I, I assume people would have told me by now if it didn't. But I I haven't maintained that at all yet because I've been too busy with Overcast. Uh, similarly, I have a Mac app that's a much better side project example called Quitter. Quitter is it's it's a very simple little dumb little menu bar app that is barely an app at all because it has like almost no interface and almost no code. Uh, but it it basically like allows you to set time limits and say like if you haven't brought this application to the foreground in X minutes, just quit it. And it was a way for me to basically use Twitter and and stuff less. Uh, so like whenever it'd be in the background, it would just automatically quit. Anyway, 
there's been changes to the way uh, Apple events are allowed to be sent between apps on Mojave. And I think Quitter might break under that, but I don't know. I haven't tried. I, I barely maintain it. I haven't looked at the code for that in probably two years. But uh, again, I've been too busy. And so like part of the risk you run releasing side projects is they they will at some point require maintenance. And even if they are free and you set expectations like, hey, look, this is a side project. I'm not going to be updating it a lot. I'm not going to take anybody's money. Like just have this be out there in the world. Even then, you still kind of have some obligation, at least the way at least a lot of people will perceive you to have some obligation uh, to keep those things up to date with new OS releases and stuff. And so it's it's really hard for something to be just a frivolous side project that never needs any additional work and never becomes kind of business like. Yeah, and I think especially as soon as it becomes something that you share with anyone else. Yeah. Um, like that as I think is the like this precipitous point where it changes from being a side project, just as something you're doing for yourself, something you're doing for your own um, education or development or for, for your own fun. Like as soon as you share it with someone else, um, I mean, maybe beyond like your spouse or your friend or your children or well, you know, situation like that. But as soon as it becomes something that's public, um, it suddenly, I think, switches and it, like, it, it, it stops being a side project and it becomes a project. It may be a less important project, but it's now it's a thing that you're going to have to manage its life, its life cycle. That if it turns out Quitter doesn't work on Mojave, you're going to have to decide and deal with the like, okay, do I need to like announce that I'm not supporting it anymore? Do I need to take it down? Do I like, it's suddenly this thing. Whereas ideally these projects are just things that you are doing for fun. And then when they're done, they kind of go on a shelf or you use them if they're useful to you. Like sometimes it's fun if they solve an, you know, solve a problem you have. Um, but it's nice for it to not necessarily be something that you make public. And I think it's good to go into these kind of things, ideally without the expectation that it, won't go anywhere. I mean, maybe it's nice if it goes somewhere or it can be useful if, um, say, you're a, a younger developer and you're just trying to have a, some some level of portfolio to show people. That I know I, I don't do this for, I don't I haven't interviewed someone in years, but I often hear from people that one of the things they like to see is, you know, can you show me something that you've made? Uh, and this may be an example of an opportunity for you to make something that you can show. But it's still, it's, it's, be to be careful. I think is the it's like as you as you're talking through these this experience you've had a few times of doing this. It's like it beca- it can it it can become a trap where the thing that may have started off being um, a side project for fun now becomes not necessarily a burden, but something that you have to think about in a different way and something that you may have to make sort of grown up professional decisions about. Um, which where I'm, whereas ideally you're just making it for fun um, and it's just using it um, as a as a benefit to yourself. It's, also, it's a lot more work to make something that is releasable to anyone else. Like, you know, when you're just making something for yourself, it can work only on your computer, only for your needs, and that's it. Like, you don't need to, to you know, account for certain edge cases. You don't need to do things like have a nice icon for the app or have any icon at all for the app, frankly. Or, you know, you don't have to do things like, you know, set up uh, any kind of distribution. If, it, if it's not an iOS, if it's like a Mac app, you don't have to do things like set up a Sparkle feed somewhere and do auto updating and stuff like that. Like you can just have it be a, a code that you, a code project that you build for yourself whenever you need it. And that's it. Like you, there's no distribution overhead. There's no generalization. There's no like officialness, you know, when it's out there, you know, what if you get like a, a trademark complaint from somebody or a copyright complaint because you stole someone's icon or something? Like it's just, it's so much more work to do 
a, something that is distributable versus something that you literally just have to use on your own computers. And, you know, and like this is why like, I have I have lots of little scripts and and even a, a couple of apps that I have built for myself that I've never distributed. And it's just because it's just not worth it. And we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a minute in more detail. But like there are some that are just, that are tools that I use, like my my track aligning utility. Everyone keeps asking me to release the track aligning utility for for podcast double enders. There's a reason I haven't. It's a command line app that works about 85% of the time. It's fine for me, but it's not really distributable. And it's not good It's not good enough for that. And it would just create problems and, and things I had to work on. Meanwhile, I haven't had to look at the code in something like five years. And I haven't worked on it at all in that time. And it's been totally fine. It just keeps working as a tool for me. And that's it. Like Forecast, I used something like two years before I distributed it to anybody else or, or publicly at least. Um, because that, again, it was like, it was a tool that I wanted. I built it myself, but I didn't, I didn't have the time or the will, uh, to, to go through everything it took to make it public. And that's, you know, and there's lots of apps like, like maybe my ad blocker, I probably should have done that, but didn't, uh, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, certain things that like I shouldn't have released. Um, but you know, it's, all of these things have been learning processes. And so, so the one that I think we're about to talk about is um, I made an app this summer called Town Painter. And my idea for this summer was I, I vacation in this town that has this nice little grid of walkable streets. And I loved walking my dog. And so I wanted to be able to basically walk the entire town, walk every street in town, and just draw on a map where I have walked so I know which ones I haven't gotten to yet. And because I wanted to walk every single block in town. And so it was, and I also, you know, I, I wanted to learn Swift a little bit better because I really had barely used Swift. Um, there are lots of, there's lots of uh, APIs that are involved in making that kind of app that I wouldn't have had a chance to play with in Overcast for many good reasons. Things like location APIs, uh, the workout and health kit storage API, because I stored everything in health kit as workout data, um, map kit and um, drawing on the maps, like all these things I, w- I really had never I never had a reason to use those in like my main app or any app, any other app I made. So it, it was a good learning experience for all that. Uh, and I made this great app and I even, I, I drew the icon myself and I think it turned out pretty good. It went through a few iterations. So I kind of learned a little bit better icon design, which normally I don't do myself. Um, I, you know, the name, which actually, I, I believe you came up with the name, right? Maybe. I don't remember. I think well, you, you at least came up with the name paint the town. Yeah. And I think I, I think I turned it back into town painter, but, but yeah, it was <laughs> so like it was, it was a nice collab- collaboration between me and you. Um, and it was overall, really a, a very nice project and i'll come back to that in a second but first let's talk about our sponsor we are brought to you this week by zojo zojo is a cross-platform development tool for creating native apps for desktop mobile web even the raspberry pi zojo currently supports mac os windows linux ios and android is coming soon with Zojo, you write just one version of your app, say on the Mac, and then you can literally check a checkbox and have a completely native Windows version as well. Zojo uses native controls, so your app looks at home on every platform. You'll be able to build apps 10 times faster, which will save you time and money. Zojo is great for everyone, from newbies to professional developers. It's currently used by over 300,000 developers worldwide, from students to Fortune 500 companies. Go take a look at their site and you'll see just how many companies you know use Zojo. 
Zojo is free to use, and licenses are required to build standalone applications. And you can see more for yourself at zojo.com slash radar. That's xojo.com slash radar to find out more. And listeners of the show can get 20% off any license with the code radar. Once again, zojo.com, xojo.com slash radar and code radar to get 20% off any license. Thank you so much to Zojo for the support of this show and Relay FM. So I had this wonderful Town Painter app, and honestly, I really enjoyed the process of building it. It it didn't take very long. I spent probably a week on it, maybe two at most, but I, I don't. I, I probably wasn't even that long. Probably about a week, and it really did teach me a lot more about building in Swift, and that I think was the the biggest value to me besides actually getting to use it all summer, which I did, and it worked great. And I did I did indeed paint the entire town, and it didn't take me all summer. It took me June. So that was even better. <laughs> um, and But at some point I realized, like, for, at first I, I was kind of making it to be somewhat releasable. That's why, like, it has a nice icon. I gave it a name. I gave it, like, you know, it, you know it's, it's, it's a pretty decent interface. It, it isn't, like, hard-coded to anything of mine. You know, like, it's, it's pretty generalizable. But I decided while making it, like, you know, I've gotten a lot of value out of just making this i got a lot of swift knowledge i got to play with these new apis that i don't don't normally get to play with i have i have become a better developer i got to even experiment with icon design like i got to become a better developer by making this app and what am i going to do sell it you know or you know put it on the store how many you know how many downloads is that really going to get like and then i have an app that i have to maintain when there's like a new iphone release and stuff and i don't have time like so so I, i basically i made the app I walked the entire town, and by July, it was done. And so I thought, okay, that app is done. Like, I got what I wanted out of it. I drew my map. I'm going to do the same thing next summer. I'm going to have the same, I'll, 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 you know, rebuild the code, fix any obvious problems that on the new phone, which there probably won't be, and then I'll just start using it again next summer, and that'll be it. And that's, I think that's enough for that app for me. Like, I don't think it would ever get enough usage. Like, as soon as I started making it, I started hearing from people saying, like, you know, you can just do this with, you know, all these different fitness apps that already do this. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's, like, pretty much every major fitness app, like, you know, Strava and RunKeeper, and even your app, even Workouts Plus Plus, all support features that are very similar to this, if not this exact same thing. And so, <laughs> it's like, you know, I really don't need to distribute this. I really don't need for this to be a product. And I don't have time for it to be a product. I need to focus on Overcast. And, you know, all these Mac apps I keep neglecting. So, <laughs> so like, I decided, you know, that was it. And when I got my new iPhone 10, I even deleted the app off my phone. I'm like, well, I'm done until next summer. Like, I, <laughs> I don't even need the app to be taking up a spot on my home screen anymore. Uh, and I'm very happy with that just being it. Like, it was a great learning experience. It was useful for me for a month. It'll be useful to me next summer for another month. And that's it. Yeah. And I think there is something, like, delightful about that. Like, that it's you make made something served a purpose it was fun you learned something and it doesn't have to be more than that that like it's it's a it's a, there's something just i don't know there's something almost beautiful about just making something for its purpose and then its purpose is it's lived out and then it you can move on and like you learn something and what you're taking with you forward isn't some kind of project or some thing that you have to maintain but you're just taking the knowledge and the learning that if you need to work with location apis or mapping APIs, or HealthKit APIs, or Swift in general, um, 
it's now something that you you have experience with that you just wouldn't have had otherwise and you had to solve some interesting problems like we i helped you a little bit on some parts of this because obviously health and fitness related stuff is something that i worked on i guess you know i like dug around a little bit in what you were doing and it's like you know it's you're having to solve problems at a different level than um you know it's just sort of than anything you're going to have to deal with um in overcast and i think you know as simple as a project like this is and this is something that i think is a, probably a more interesting point is that ostensibly what you did is a very simple application you know what you did it's as you walk around track my location and plot it on a map and overlay past walks on the same map like that is ostensibly what the app does yep there's a lot of however really interesting problems you have to solve and things that come up and as an example there is i had a little teeny part of this app that i we were talking about it and the question became how would you know when you're done and it, the it was we just talked a little bit about it, but I couldn't get that question out of my head for like <laughs> like days. I kept being like, "How could you work out when you're done?" Because that's it's, it's like ostensibly it's a little bit simple, but it's actually kind of a tricky problem because you're dealing with just raw location data. And are you gonna you know how do you know when you've actually covered every single you know street segment? And I ended up just because I couldn't not stop I couldn't stop thinking about it. I ended up solving that problem, and it's like I ended up going to like raw open street map data for the <laughs> island that you're walking on. Right, because because Apple Maps doesn't even give you the street data. Like you just tell it render these things on in this geometry you know in the world but you can't read street data for ample maps so yeah. you had to actually go to open street map download the map for where i was <laughs> you know bound it off like with where i could where i could walk <laughs> and like doing this all like in raw like i get i just got an xml dump from open street map and it's like <laughs> i had to learn how to parse that how, what does that actually mean like what are the different features that are actually useful because obviously it's it's not that like it'll tell me all kinds of things like where the sea where the ocean is what like i don't need to worry about seg the, that segment i need to worry about the roads but what is an actual road versus a path like the paths count right and then and this and once you once you have a feature that's like tells you how complete it is then you have then you have basically like infinite feature creeps and it's like well you could maybe you know build an incentive system to like try to keep the ratio high at, you know ha have old ones fall off the end of like have like a sliding window so you could say in the last 30 days how much have i done am i at 95 percent? am i 99 percent? then you have to realize oh as you said, some of these are not actually streets. Some of the data is wrong, or some of them are not actually reachable. You can't actually walk there, or there's you know there, there's a house in the way, or it's a private road. You aren't allowed to actually on it, and so you have to have some way to mark certain road segments as unreachable. And it's like like there's like infinite potential feature creep for something like this, and it's so tempting. Maybe you could notify the user with prompts if they haven't walked that day. Like there's there's infinite amount of potential feature creep on this that could just make this project balloon in scope and time and that's extra true if you do release it because then the public is asking for these features or you're competing with somebody like it's extra true with that but like even as a personal project the, the temptation for feature creep is very strong and i had to resist a lot of that yeah and like in the end like the app does exactly what it says and like my little part of it that calculates your percent it's like it just does the best job it can and i feel good about having solved that problem that i could finally put it out of my head and <laughs> it maybe doesn't solve it perfectly maybe it solves it like halfway or it gives a reasonable estimate of what percentage of the roads you've worked on but i learned something i learned how open street map data works i learned how to do some kind of cool segmentation stuff with that and then i moved on and like i haven't looked at that code less since i don't expect to ever look at that code ever again but i learned something from it and you know that was the goal
Well, and, and it, you know, at some someday in the future, some of this might prove useful to you. Like, like, like you, you helped me out very much by this by giving me a block of your code that reads the work I did at a health kit and plots it on a map, which is great because that that saved me a ton of time. And then at some point, I decided to tackle the unnecessary problem for the scope of this of you know there's a lot of points in this data i should smooth out those points so it renders faster and there's fewer points you know to to manage on the screen so i i did some research for a day where i should have been doing anything else and learned like algorithms for reducing the number of points with like the least disturbance to the shape of the data and and i I figured that out i implemented it and then at some point you had a need for that and so i gave that back to you and so we kind of helped each other out with this and you know all you know sharing sharing techniques and code samples that solve problems that we mostly don't have but (laughs) but are kind of nice to to get solved sometimes anyway and that's kind of you know that's kind of what what this whole episode's about like just doing stuff that you might not need to do but that's intellectually satisfying and and might prove valuable valuable to you in other ways later yeah, exactly. Like, and I think so. Another example, just quickly, that I wanted to talk about is this summer when we were uh, traveling in Europe. I built another app um, just for myself. <laughs> you, which yeah, well, which is funny. You you say that as though it's like <laughs> I build all these apps. The last time I launched publicly an application was two years ago. Uh, yeah, that's like, fair. I'm actually not that prolific <laughs> anymore. But I may I've made a bunch of apps, but I just don't. Re- I've stopped, I've learned the lesson and stopped releasing them. Um, like our, like our Tesla app that we made together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We made an app for managing our our cars. Yeah, because the built in app wasn't very good, and we so we made our own Tesla app that like you know there's limitations of it. Like uh, if you, if you want to log out, you have to crash the app. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It works for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so when I was in England, um, my son loves uh, departure boards at train stations. Like this is just he just absolutely loves them like w- watching all the trains come in and working out which platform it, which train goes to and if you've ever been to a, a british train station they have these just massive walls that with departure boards on them and he just loved them and it became this thing that over the summer i was like well would you like to make your own departures boards like should we you know let's design an app together let's make our own departures board and he just thought this was the funnest thing ever and you know we sat down with a piece of, you know like paper and pencil and we drew out what the app would do um, and we, then we sat down and kind of he's not quite at the level where he's learning to code a little bit, but he isn't really at that point where he's able to code code. But, you know, he we, we designed it together. I sat down and we worked on, you know, what it should look like together. And we had that part. And that was a really fun experience for us to work together. And then I worked on the like the ugly parts of the app that he would have no interest in dealing with. And I had barely any interest in because like getting the actual data you have to get from a SOAP API, which if you've ever worked with SOAP is like the most like just mind bending API to work with. But I learned how to do that. I've never done that before. Now, if that ever comes up in the future, if I ever have to deal with a weird API, like I have this tool in my back pocket for how to do it. I worked out a way to do that. I actually have like a caching proxy that takes in the SOAP data and turns it into JSON. So I didn't have to make our actual app very complicated. Like I had all this fun experience and it turned into like I solved some interesting problems. I had to deal. I wrote it in Swift just um, like like you did with town painter where it's like i got to experience a bunch of new apis in swift and like the reality is this app does what like you know 60 percent, 70 percent of apps on the app store do which is takes in some json data parses it manages it 
and displays it to the user. And I got an experience of doing that. And in the process, I got to spend some really great quality time with my son doing something that he really enjoys and that we, we used in, in practical ways, um, like during our trip, which was kind of even like doubly fun, which he thought it was great, where we're like running late to catch a train and we need to know what platform it's, our train's going to be at. And I could bring up my UK departures board app and, you know, he could, he knew exactly how to make it work and he could find out which platform it is. And he could feel like a hero for saying like, you know, we need to get to platform six by two, two forty seven, like, and that's really fun. And I learned something, you know, we had, we had a nice experience and it became something that like, I don't expect to use that ever really again. I guess when, whenever I'm in England, I might use it again, but I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like I didn't have to worry about like API pricing rules and things where like, you know, these kind <laughs> yep. of most, it's like all these things that if I released it and suddenly it's like a thing, I have to manage the cost of that. Whereas for personal use, it's like, I'd never hit my, my limit of like a thousand API requests a day. Like that was never a problem for me. And if I did and I spent, you know, spent six cents in API charges, it's not a big deal. Um, but I learned something. I had a fun experience with my son. I have this little like fun memory now and I can move on and I learned something from it. And I think it's, it just reinforced this thing in my mind that I think every year I should be working on a project like this every year, every six months, whatever it is, I should have something that I make for fun, that I learn something from, and that I can just put on a shelf and intentionally try and put it on that shelf. Then unless it turns out to like be this radically awesome thing that you just can't hold to hold on to and you have to share with the world that you just put down and you're okay with that. And I think going into with that, with that mindset just dramatically helps yeah, your ability to get what you want out of it without having to be fearful to start or um, sad going forward. Yeah, that that is a a balance and a lesson that has taken me a long time to learn. And I'm not sure I fully learned it yet, but having done it, ha- having successfully done that with Town Painter feels really good. And I'm really, I hope that I am better with that in the future. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>